is here with the Now or Never podcast, season two, episode one. We head out from Omaha to Pittsburgh to meet the man himself, Mr. Seth Barocci, with All-American Roughneck and Axis Sledge Supplements. It was an awesome trip. What a great guy. And you get to hear part one about how Seth became Seth. You are you, and I am me. Just be. Welcome to the Now or Never podcast, all things business, entrepreneurship, people who are just taking life and kicking it square in the ass. Special guest, Seth Rochi. This is actually season two. Episode one for us, uh, and oh nice! So we're we're mobile. We're in uh, we're in Pittsburgh, where the and they call it the uh, the, the Sunshine Cancun, State, the Cancun <laughs> of the East, and that, that stewardess lied. Uh, so we're here, and it's been raining, but it's cool. This is what a great way. I mean, your brand, Axis Legend, our shops has done so phenomenally well, and uh, and so when this opportunity came up, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm heading out. So oh, we're yeah. super jacked to, to be out here. Thank and, you. Um, we were talking before the camera started rolling, and we were talking about how our parents would make us work and all those kind of things. And it's funny, so Chad, my videographer behind the camera, right? That's his mom back there, Sue. And so she's the first original OG gangster that I ever knew. So mm. my parents, you know, like when we grow up, your parents pawn you off other people's kids, whatever, because they got stuff going on. So yeah. my, my parents, you'd be like, you know, I'd hang out with Chad when we were kids, and, and they're like, they'd have Sue take me. And because I was obnoxious, and they get rid of me for the weekend. And so Sue would pile me and Chad up with, these crates of baseball cards, and we pop around to Holiday Inns in the Midwest, and she would have baseball card shows, slugging baseball cards for a couple bucks, just trying to break, make sure we didn't break shit. So the first entrepreneur I ever knew is actually sitting in this house right here. Nice. So, yeah, it's awesome. And true hustlers. Yeah, true. Way yeah. better than drugs. Oh, way better. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, man, that's it. That's okay. We all did. Um, you know, the, the statute of limitations is over. So uh, tell us, I mean, give us the Seth Roshi story. Like, how'd you get... You got into sports, you're a kid, you're running, bodybuilding, how did it all come about? Uh, so, uh, we were just talking about my dad. My dad is a small business owner. He owned a cabinet company, whole life. Started, he took over his father's business. It was, wasn't going so well. He stepped in, took over when he was uh, 19 years old. Mm. He's 62 now, so he's owned it for 42 years. So, nice. he is the... He is the epitome of the HWMF, the thing that we promote, the hardworking motherfucker. That is where I learned everything. But the way, uh, so that hardworking mentality came from my household. But uh, I grew up, great household, just knew how to work. It's pretty much all. My mom was the loving woman, yeah. and my dad was the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. Just So I had this great compassion and very intense. Yeah. Um, but uh, growing up, we liked to eat. Whole family eats. We're all short. We're all stocky. We're built for work. Yeah. I got fat, though, and I didn't like it. Yeah. So when I was like 12 years old, I was hanging out with a group of kids in the neighborhood, older kids, and we all had nicknames, and my nickname was Chubbs. I was Chubbers. And I started going through puberty, Yeah. and I'm 12, 13 years old, and I'm like... I don't like girls calling me chubs. No. I don't like this shit. I was like, it's time to be over. I was yeah. like, nope, got to get in shape, and I want to look good. I had to feel good about myself, so at that point, that's whenever I was like, I have to change how I look because it doesn't make me feel good inside. Yeah. Uh, and that was like my first step of uh, into bodybuilding. Yeah. My sister, she would buy some muscle and fitness here and there because we're all short and stocky, but we're also... We all have the stature to be very muscular. Yeah. We all have great genetics. Um, built for work. Yeah. And um, 
then she would buy a magazine here and there, and I remember seeing Kevin Lavroni on it oh, yeah. and all this cool shit. And I'm like, man, this is this is awesome. Watch Commando and see Arnold oh, carrying the oh, yeah. carrying the, the 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 tree, and I'm like, I want to look like this. So I started doing push-ups and sit-ups. I stopped drinking pop, stopped eating fast food, and then I started to look different. Yeah. And then I started getting treated different, and it made me feel better about myself and oh. build my self-confidence. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then just step by step, more and more. I played football in ninth grade. I wrestled in ninth grade. And then I realized how much I loved the gym and just wanted to look good naked. It's like all I wanted to do. I was like, when I take my shirt off, I want to feel really cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's that was what put me on the journey. And, and little by little, I just kept, uh, I, I, it, the passion for bodybuilding continued to grow. Yeah. Went to a gym where there was a lo lot of local bodybuilders. Yeah. And then I was like, I want to try this. Yeah. I just caught the bug, dude, and it kept me out of trouble. It kept me, it kept me out, of, it kept me out of trouble for a little bit, but um, yeah. After and then from there, high school, and then wanted to become pro bodybuilder. That was dead set. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Went to college, partied a lot, but still wanted to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. And then uh, I pretty much told everybody that was my goal in life. I just want to be a pro bodybuilder. So, long story short. When I was 24 years old, I was uh, I had lo just lost my job as a safety consultant for a construction company because it was during 2008, 2009, oh, the, sure, yeah. the recession. Yeah. So then I moved back home here to Pittsburgh because we were living in Cleveland. Moved back home and I just dead set on being a pro bodybuilder. So I did my first show in 2009, which was the Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And then I did the Mr. Pittsburgh show. I won those two shows and I met Honey Rambod and I said I want to turn pro. In, in, uh, in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. I was yeah. like, it's nationals, I want to turn pro there. And sure enough, he got me in really good shape, and I went and turned pro in Florida. Yeah, quick. So in nine yeah. months, I went from being a nobody, just some dude that first show, just some dude that wanted to be a bodybuilder, up until then I ate and lived and oh, ate, you did sleep, the, oh, you did the dance. everything, yeah. the whole nine. Yeah. And then um, I, uh, I turned pro in nine months, three shows. And that's whenever everything took off for me. Yeah. I was like the young, great white hype. Everybody was like, oh my God, where'd you come from? And I'm like, I'm just Seth from Western PA. <laughs> I just like lifting weights. Can I do that? And it's then like I got- heavy shit. And that's yeah, it. yeah, that was it. And uh, you know, I was broke as shit, had no money, and thought if I became a pro bodybuilder, I'd have all kind of money and everything would be great. And you found out that's not fucking true. <sighs> so it was kind of true. Yeah. I, met, I was young and just flash in the pan guy. So I had a $50,000 contract for muscular development. So that was this was before the internet. Oh yeah. So the forums existed, but no social media, no no Instagram, little bit of Facebook, yeah. no no YouTube. Maybe a little bit of MySpace, or now yeah, just yeah. Out. yeah, and yeah. so it wasn't like a priority. So you were just in magazines, and you just got mailbox money. I got five grand a month. I got like forty five hundred bucks a month from muscular development. Hell, at that age, I would have been like, "Well, we're good." And then I got a, and then I got forty five hundred bucks a month from Muscle Tech. So I had two contracts. Two of them, and I was making like a hundred grand. Oh damn! 25, 26 years old, making a hundred grand, and I had nothing. I've been dying for that. Oh, oh that that's right, man! Yeah, I was yeah. freaking out. This is great. This is wonderful. My life's awesome. Yeah, everything was cool. And then, um, and uh, I took a year off to get bigger because I wanted to go to the open class. Yeah, or I turned pro, and then I did another show in 2011, and I won that. It was my pro debut. I won that, so I just I won four shows in a row. Jesus. I'm the greatest thing in the that, world. That doesn't happen very often, though. No, it does happen, no. so I started believing my own oh, shit. Oh, yeah, eat your own shit? Yeah, oh, yeah, I started believing all of my own bullshit, and then, um, uh, and then in 2000, 
2011, I took 2011 off. And then in 2012, uh, I was like, I'm going to go do the open class. And I took a year off to grow and I got bigger. But I didn't dedicate my life to the way I should have. My home life started having some problems. Yeah. And then I went to do the Toronto Pro and I took sixth place. So I went from winning four shows in a row to sixth place. I didn't look and then everybody said I sucked. Yep. So it was the first time I lost at my dream. And I'm like, my life's over. <laughs> yeah, Everything's man. horrible. Wow. Nothing's going to go well. And then everybody's like, you need to go do the 212s. Stop trying the open class, go do the 212s. So I listened to them. Went to the 212s and I completely shit to bed. Really? My body gave out. I took way too many drugs. I pushed myself way too far in the gym, over cardio, over diet, over drugged. You name it, I overdid it. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, everything's riding on it. So that was in 2012. I did the, it was in Sarasota, Florida. It was in August, mm -hmm. end of August. Well, I took seventh place and my body gave out. Yeah. Next day, my kidneys were a mess. I was in the hospital again. It was not pretty. It really yeah. sucked. Lost my $150,000 contract. Ugh. So all in the snap of the fingers, I went from golden boy to nothing. Oh, shit. And my home life was a nightmare at home. Yeah. So then I was like, it's time to be done. I have to go get a real job, cut this bullshit out, and go make money for my family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was really upset. Muscle Tech wanted to keep me. They were like, you're, we're great. You're great. We love you. We want to keep you. And I'm like, I don't make enough money, and I don't like this shit anymore. Everybody says I suck. Everybody's mean to me. Yeah. I don't like it. So I left. And, uh, and I went home, tried to fix my home life, got a real job. I did some landscape work. Um, I was doing landscaping, had my company for a year doing that. Then I went back to safety. I was a safety consultant. I was an operations manager for two years. Yeah. And when I, that was in 2015, 2014, 2015, 2016. I was doing safety work. But in 2015, uh, but in that, uh, we'll shorten it up. In there is whenever my home life, I tried to fix it, and it couldn't be fixed. Yeah. It was a really rough spot. So I was like, I started being unhappy with my life. I was like, my life kind of sucks. Yeah. I quit my dream, bodybuilding, to make my home life better, and it's not getting better. Yeah. I'm really unhappy. I'm not lifting weights anymore. I miss feeling stiff-dicked and testosterone out. <laughs> so I think I need to start lifting weights again. Yeah. Get back into my thing and start falling back in love. And I was working in the blue collar industry as a safety consultant. Met a ton of awesome people. Yeah. I just was unhappy with myself and who yeah. I was. Yeah. And um, and then I uh, in 2015, I was driving around. I drove like 62,000 miles that year for a consulting firm yeah. everywhere. So I was driving all day every day. And I said, I miss bodybuilding. I'm going to start lifting weights again. But if I go back into bodybuilding, I was like, I have to own all of my own shit. Yeah. I have to, so I'm in control. That way I can only fuck myself over. Yeah. The only way for me to screw up is my own self. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I do that? I'm like, I don't really have any money. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna figure a way. It's not a cheap sport. No, no, it's very expensive. And I was like, okay, so I had this concept about the all-American roughneck. Because all these guys I go to, everywhere I go, I meet really good dudes. Yeah. Whether it was on an oil and gas site, whether it was in a construction site, whether it was in a manufacturing plant, all I did was met really awesome 
all Americans. Yeah. They were working those 12, 16-hour days, six days a week to feed their family, buy the fucking Jordans for their kids, take them on the nice vacation, oh, yeah. be the all-American roughneck. Yeah. And I'm like, why aren't these fucking people cool? Like, these are the greatest people I've met. They're real. They're real They're motherfuckers. Real. Yeah. I'm like, this is who I am. I was like, I am these people. And I'm on Instagram because I was like, I, I want to go back into bodybuilding. Yeah. And I'm looking, and I'm like, I'm not seeing anybody real. And I'm like. Oh, they're all fake. It's all full of shit. Yeah. I was like, why is nobody like being themselves? Like, I know, like, I like nice shit too. I like materialistic things. Yeah. But I really like my kids smiling at me and going to Disneyland oh. and doing all kind of cool shit. And then it all started to dawn on me about like, what's, what's happening in society. And I was like, if I come back, All-American Roughneck, so I Googled All-American Roughneck and nothing came up. I'm like, that's not possible. I don't have anything. This name has to be taken. So I yeah. said, allamericanroughneck.com. I'm like, that's available. I started looking around. I'm like, I think I have an idea. <laughs> I think I have an idea. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. This is the coolest feeling in the world. I got an idea. And uh, so uh, it was, that's great. You have an idea. But it has to come to life. Exactly. What is your idea and what does it mean? A t-shirt company, oh, you sell t-shirts. No, I sell a feeling. Yeah. I sell a brand to people that have been all over the world. They just didn't know who they were. Yeah. They didn't have a name. All the people on the job sites, everybody that I met, they just didn't have a name. Yeah. Nobody ever gave them a name. I didn't have a name. I'd always search for a hat to wear somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what is it? So that was where the All-American Roughneck came from, and that Bob, you met Bob, the yeah. guy I walked in with, I went to him in 2015 on my birthday, November 21st. My home life, uh, again, it wasn't very good, and I was searching for something. I left on my birthday to go to Philadelphia, because that's where he lived. I go to him, and I'm like, hey, I got this idea. And he's like, oh, okay. So I told him everything, and he's like, oh, Okay. You think that's, <laughs> all right. I was like, I got this idea for a logo. I showed him a logo and he's like, uh-huh. So what are you gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna have this whole thing laid out about being the all-American roughneck, told him yeah. a story for the video, how we're gonna do t-shirts and what it's gonna look like, the logo with the, the A, the A and the, and the 9, 1911 yeah. in the shape of a lowercase R. And he's like, I don't like that logo. I'm like, it's gonna work. <laughs> I just need you to make it on the computer and put it on a t-shirt, dude. Yeah. I was like, next thing, I can't give you any money. I don't have any. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what do you mean you don't have any money? I'm like, I got like 2,200 bucks. I can put t-shirts, I can make t-shirts. Yeah. So we're gonna get t-shirts printed and then we're gonna sell them. Yep. And he's like, but you can't give me any money. And I'm like, nope. I was like, but I'll tell you this, how about if this works, I'll give you 50% of everything I ever own. He's like, hmm, that's a lot. I'm like, I can't do any computer stuff. I don't know how to make a design on a, on a computer. <laughs> I don't know how to build a website. Yeah. I have no clue about anything. All I know is this is a good idea. And I'm kind of famous. If I come back, people are going to want to see me again. Because yeah. <laughs> I just disappeared in bodybuilding. Yeah, I don't know where. Yeah. In 2013, I just fell off the face of the earth. Yep. So nobody's seen me in like two and a half years. So, and, uh, so he and I agreed. We shook on it. And then we agreed that if this ever works and this ever happens, 50-50 on ever across the board. Shook hands. And then we went to work. And then in 2016, January 20th of 2016, um, 
We launched All American Roughneck. I came back onto the scene. Uh, Blackstone Labs was behind me. I mm -hmm. talked to PJ. Uh, PJ and Aaron, they were together at that time because they always said in 2013, that's when they started Blackstone Labs. And they're yeah. like, if you ever come back in the industry, give us a call. Yeah. I was like, sure. So I came back, gave them a call, and they said, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you some money. You sponsor our company, and it'd be great. I'm like, cool, let's do it. So we came out, did this thing, and it was a huge flash. Everybody's like, holy fuck, dude. I was big beard. Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, what is this? This is a joke? Is this a joke? You were like the clean-cut white kid. Yeah. This is a joke. And I'm like, no, this is actually who I am. <laughs> and I was always relatively uh, you know, clean with how I had said things. I wasn't this foul-mouthed person. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as intense because I was kind of always just, I wanted to fit in yeah. when I was at Muscle Tech. PR. Yeah. 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 Corporate PR bullshit. Yes. Yeah. So then I was like... Nope, I'm gonna be me. Exactly. I'm not gonna listen to nobody. I'm gonna do it my way. Fuck it. If it falls belly up, at least I was myself. And that's the way it should be. I mean, and we, that's one of the questions that we came online. I think we we live in a society where most people are fake. Yeah. And we're like, why? Like we've grown so well, so much, and so fast. When else has failed? I'm like, because I don't give a shit. It's me. I have six kids. I'm 39. I told you everybody thinks my wife is my daughter. Sucks. I do. So, I mean, <laughs> so. It's weird. You know, I, and I, I got kids spanning 20 years, and, but it, this is me. This is a, any amount of messages I get in when people are like, you guys are just real, you don't show off flashy shit. I have materialistic stuff too. I like nice house. But I have six kids and three dogs. So I bought my couches from Menards. On 11% yeah. mail-in rebate, because I don't give a shit. It was a bargain. They're going to destroy the shit anyway. It's going to break. I mean, it's going to break. So, I mean, I just, I'm just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. The impact I leave on people around me, that's more important than anything. And I think that's what you, you protrude more than anything. You said impact the people around them in their life. That was my goal. Yeah. I wanted to make money, and I, of course I want to make money, and I want to be famous, and I want to have cool shit, and do all this stuff. But here's the thing. All those people that have those things that I see, I don't want to hang out with them. No. I don't want to. So that's whenever I was like, okay, my dad's pretty well off. He never handed me shit. He has always done really well, but he never gave me. He just created an opportunity. Yeah. And I was like, my truck's nicer than his. He has way more money than me. Still, <laughs> he has, still has way more money than me. Yeah. And his truck still isn't as nice as mine. Yeah. So the thing was, it's like he just wanted to make sure that everybody's taken care of. And he's like, it's not important. He's like, I want to make sure people feel me. And that's where I got to saying, I like people feeling me. I want people to understand that there's so much to life, whether yeah. you're the CEO or the janitor. You have value in life. Exactly. You are important. You are special. Just don't sell yourself short. No. Whatever you do, don't sell yourself short. So, and that's pretty much what we preach with AAR. Like, uh, in, in, like I was saying, like, I want nice shit. I want to have all these nice things, but... If they if they don't change how you feel or treat people, then what's the use of having? Well, that's just it. I, I think that people. I mean, I was telling my our kids, and everyone else that works for me, and then we have 150 employees between all the companies we have. We own three companies. Oh my god, we have three companies, and we're spread payroll. across ten states, and it's fun. And, oh, it's a bitch. <laughs> um, she has to do all the hours. So, um, but I just want the same thing. Like, given everything you do at 150 percent, will change your mindset and your perception on what you're doing. Yes, I said, just don't go into a job think it's beneath you, and then it changes your mind. Then you're you're a habitual complainer, but you're not going to accomplish shit with it. I mean, if you don't like, I mean, learn the job, love the job, own the job. I, I, I literally just sold the second store we ever started in 2011 in my hometown to my manager for cost. I made zero fucking profit selling this thing a month ago. And the bankers said I was nuts. They all said I was nuts. My wife and my business partner were 100% behind me. And they said, and they go, why? I go, because that kid's been there for four years. I've known him. He built it. They didn't love me all they want. My social can be as huge as they want it to be. But if he's an asshole, 
I'm, I'm dead. At the end of the day, he represents me and my family. Does such a good job. He deserves to make the money, make his passion, his paycheck, and put it on the line. So I sold him for assets and let him do it. Now, I'm losing money right now, but for the next 25, 30 years, and his family, and everyone sees that, they're going to keep pumping in the system. And that's put my money where my mouth is. I did the corporate shit. I did the corporate jobs. I did the big chat. It's a big deal. It was, and it is. And we're doing it with two of our other locations, Sioux City, Iowa, and Carney. I'm selling to my managers the same exact deal because it's out of town. I'm not there. I don't want to drive there. Um, and like <laughs> at all. I mean, it's like, and, and it's it's one of those things that is fucking Nebraska. Carney's three and a half hours the other way. It's a kind of but drive. It's, but it's changing. It is, it, and it is. And the thing is that this guy, the kid Brandon, who's running it, wants to buy it. It's a great kid. He's worked for me for two years. Done the job. He's the name. He's the face. He's doing the work. He deserves to make the fucking check. That's how it should be. I just told him, like, you give me 150%, I will pay it back. And now they're all figuring out how. And so, you know, uh, with our companies, we own two gyms, too. And I competed a couple years ago. I don't look like it now. Childbirth killed me. Anyways, um, I'm right there. I gained 15 I, pounds. I, I, and gained I gained more weight more than, than she did. Gained way more weight than she, she did. She, right she, she lost it. I didn't. I gained seven more. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we, uh, but you know, we went out in the, uh, Los Angeles and trained the day after my show and saw this gym. It was really fucking cool and warehouse style gym, real music, real weights. And my business partner, my manager, uh, the kid was working for me at the time, Nick. Um, and my wife, we should do a gym. So seven cocktail napkins later between LAX and Omaha, I had a business plan. And six months after, we opened the first gym. They opened a second gym. The triple size of the first gym. That's all in two years. And I made Nick my business partner. I'm like, no, no. Money on the table. Let's go. You're going to do this, do it. And he's been a phenomenal business partner that we are truly blessed to have. But I took an employee, made him an owner. And we started our OPP protein popcorn company, which is going insane. I'll get you some bags. And Please. So we, we have six kids. Trying to find protein snacks for kids. Fucking nice. Doesn't work. 600 batches in our kitchen. You would know it's healthy if I didn't tell you. And oh now we are, Amazon's distributing the entire national. We've gone international with it. It's huge. It's OPP protein popcorn. And so Cody, Cody, uh, uh, Guffy's our manager one of my shops he's like I want to buy into something I go you're buying into that and I, for, for next to nothing I go just give me a check for this much and he goes that's it I go yeah because owners gave way more of a fuck than employees ever will and that's the way it should be so and that's I, that's exactly how you know everybody told me I was crazy with everything like with Bob well to get 50% off I mean right from the get but 50% of my it's so 50% like people are like you're nuts I'm like listen there wouldn't be anything without Bob. Well, that's just it. There wouldn't There'd be, be no computer. I'd just sit here with my thumb up my ass saying, I got this idea. <laughs> Telling everybody about my idea. And everybody's yeah. like, cool idea, bro. And I'm like, the, the iron is very hot. Nobody owns All-American Roughneck. I was like, it doesn't exist. So that's whenever he taught me how to buy everything because he worked for a company that he was unhappy at himself and he was doing everything. Everything I needed him to do, he already knew how to do because he was yeah. doing it for a company and he was... It, it, in my opinion, he was getting shit on. In his opinion, he was getting shit on. But, you know, that's near neither here nor there. But I was like, the only way this guy's ever going to do work for free is if there is an end result. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. So we did that. And we didn't really make money for a while. We were just, so the perks were coming. When we needed like a grand or two, oh, let's take some. And then like, but, excuse me. We just, it was all t-shirts. It was just, yeah. all we were doing was just flipping, you know, supply and demand. How oh, was yeah. it going? And that's how All-American Roughneck became a limited release company. Because all we could do is just like take 20 grand and be like, let's go buy a bunch of t-shirts. <laughs> we're going to buy t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts. Oh, yeah. We're going to take 20 grand and dump it all in there. And then whenever we would get back the return, we'd be like, okay, well, we got to pay this bill, this bill. This is way overdue. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we'd pay anything. And then we'd have a little bit of money left over. And I'm like, Bob, how much money do you need? He's like... I could really use like 2,500 bucks. And then that 2,500 bucks would last him like 
six weeks because yeah. he had to. And his wife was busting her ass at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was in, she was a full-time nurse and going full-time nurse practitioner school. So, I mean, it was just a whirlwind and we're like, this is going to work. It's going to, it's working right now. We just got to yeah. keep going. And um, that's how, like, we're, we have a, our biggest release coming is next week. Yeah. And it's like, we're limited release company simply because we never had the funds to become anything else. So yeah. now we do these giant releases and it works out. We're like, we're not changing. Well, like, no, use it. I we mean, like it that way and it makes people, it gets people well, excited. You and, also built your, you built this whole show on belief. Oh right? yeah. You know, and that's what our podcast, our podcast is about. It's about, I mean, the thing was, I, I never knew how to do this shit. And so I learned hard knocks. I know like, okay, well, I fucked that up. My first website was made by me, drag and drop off GoDaddy.com. I don't fucking do it. I couldn't afford to hire anybody. No. You know, I sold everything I owned just to stock my first store. I, I cut my salary by 81% in 2010. <laughs> my, I lost my house in the 2008-9 housing crash. Oh, yeah, nice. A full-blown bankruptcy. I'm like, yeah. if I'm going to be broke, I might as well be happy and broke. <laughs> and put some, like some fucking supplements. And so I did one <laughs> shop, and here we are 27 locations later in 10 states and three companies. But, you know, all just and like you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my wife who's much smarter than I am. She's like, Okay, we actually need to keep track of your accounting. I'm like, Didn't need you 10 years ago. She says, Well, you do now because there's yeah. the IRS. I'm like, Okay, you know, but, but belief, and that's what I tell everybody else. Like, everything's it's a, it's a sprint, it's a marathon. You've got to be on the grind. It really is. And I learned all this like all American Roughneck. I was good enough to, I was good enough to get myself into trouble. And then I was good enough to fight my way out. Yeah. So then whenever we met Pat and Mike to start Axe and Sledge, because I was working with different companies. I left Blackstone. I went to Primeval Labs. And then I was realizing that I was doing very well for these companies. And I wanted, I've always wanted to do my own thing. I mean, who, yeah. what bodybuilder didn't want to own his own supplement? No shit. And I was like, yeah. I was like, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I was like, I can barely do inventory well for All-American Roughneck. Yeah. I need to learn inventory control. So then a mutual friend of Pat and Mike, they were in business together and Bob and I were in business. And I was like, we, we ended up meeting through a mutual friend and uh, I gave them such a hard time about me being a hard-nosed businessman and they just let me think I was really important and smart <laughs> and special. And then, but we had this understanding that they've never had a set for OC that's just the honest, blunt, like no bullshit. Like that's, yeah. I'm the same guy here, I'll be the same guy at home, I'll be the same guy everywhere I go. I'm foul-mouthed, I'm intense and I love my people. Like, I, my, my statement that I tell everybody is, don't fuck with my family, don't fuck with my money, and don't fuck with my businesses. Yeah. You leave those three things alone, we're best friends. Yeah. You start toying with them, I have a problem. And then yeah. I get all excited and overwhelmed and all that, and I don't like it. So, that was a speech I gave them, and they're like, so you just want to do what you're good at. I'm like, yeah, dude. That's the way it should be. Bob does everything on the computer really well. You make Bob mad, you did something because he's the calmest, highest dude in the world. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is always stoned. Bob just, that's, he's, he just smokes a ton of weed, takes no prescription medic well, medicine, hates it, crazy anxiety, does his thing, but that's Bob. And it's yeah. like, he's the most functional, highly operating stoner I've ever met. So he, he does everything so well. I'm like, just don't, just don't fuck with him. Yeah. Leave him alone. So then they were like, well, Pat's like, this is what I do. And I'm like, Great, neither one of us can do that. And Mike's like, this is what I do. And I'm like, this is gonna be the greatest relationship in the world. Oh yeah. And then it came to, how do you divvy up who's worth what in the company? And that's an uncomfortable conversation for anybody to have. But here's the gig. Company doesn't exist without Seth Ferrosi. Yeah, no it doesn't. It can, but it might not do as well. Yeah. Well, company doesn't exist without a Bob. And you ain't getting no manufacturing and no inventory without a Pat. Yeah. I'm like, so I guess we're equal partners, huh? Yeah. Yep. All right. So there was the skin in the game. 
everybody, my lawyers, my dad, everybody said I was a moron. Yep. They're like, it's the dumbest thing you could do is give people, give people money they didn't earn yet. And I'm like, yeah, but how am I going to get them to do it? And how are you going to earn it? I don't have enough money to give them. I can't just pay somebody that money. So I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go off my heart. I'm going to go off my gut. And if it goes belly up, at least I tried. So do your grades in high school really matter? Not one fucking ounce. <laughs> nope. Not one ounce. She goes, well, is college really necessary? Nope. And, and go, what are you going to go and do? Well, business. Oh, 100% waste your time. And yes. he goes, what? And I, so their videos got posted me saying this. My alma mater uninvited me from speaking. Nice. And then the two more prestigious schools in Omaha invited me to come speak because their nice. parents were paying the bills. So the kids were going to go anyways. Yeah. And I'm like, take your side else and turn it. If you can't make money right now in today's America, then you're bullshit. You're full of shit. You? I'd say right now in today's society with this, which is fucking free, gives you 24-7 access and you can't make money right now, you're full of shit. I am, I am a moron. I am not a smart person. I'm just unwilling to say I give up. Yeah. I'll never say I can't. I'll figure out a way, and that's why it works, because everybody's the same way here. Yeah. Like Zach. Yeah, yeah like Zach. It's the same way. Well, no, and that's, you know, I think we, uh, <laughs> um, well, like I told her, she's and like, I'll have my moments. I'm a very passionate person. You know, you're talking about the company, like, okay, we're oh, not, yeah. our motto is we're professionally unprofessional. If you're expecting the bigger company to come into our corporate offices for me to have a suit and tie, it's not going to fucking happen. If I'm going to see her tie, it's either I have to go to a wedding or a funeral, and that's yeah. it. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. Or court. Even then, in court, I wore a polo. This is much. If I'm wearing a collar, okay, that's professional. But, you know, then uh, Chad put his office inside, too, and he, when he first started working for us, he's in, in the meeting, we're out in Vegas, it's the Olympia, you know, we're doing video for a launch, and he's like, when I go, you gonna have a drink? He's like, well, no, I'm like, no, we drink here. We, we do that. It's Vegas. This is as professional as we get. Like, this, this is, you're expecting more, I'm gonna disappoint the shit out of you. And so all these people come in and ask questions and want us to, want me to help look over the business plans, tell them where they're missing wrong. I'm like, I'll help you out, but I'm not gonna be nice about it, and do, I'm gonna be real, and I can't tell you the answers, you know. I go, I, I go, I didn't come for money. I don't have, there's no trust fund. I, you know, I play bank account Django all the time like everyone else does. And we, you know, and all my partners we brought in, yeah, did I need the partners? Not necessarily, no. I didn't, not financially, but I did need somebody who gave as much a fuck as I did. That's where partners are good. Yes, you know? it, it, and like you said, it's <laughs> they give a fuck. They yeah. have skin in the game. Yeah. That's the, the one thing is because nobody ever, uh, no entrepreneur or businessman that I've ever met wants to be capped. No. No, if you tell them they're capped at this number, they're going to be discouraged and be like, no, don't do that to no, me. Sky should be the limit. Sky's the limit, and that's a real thing, but the sacrifice that it takes to get there is what's really scary. Like, I'll never forget certain things that with my dad, uh, uh, whenever I was young, he did, um, we had to go unload his kitchens and bathrooms. Yeah. Remodels, house remodels, all that, and he really fucking good at it. But the day after Christmas, he, he, all the workers are off from Christmas to New Year's. That's a week off. Everybody gets paid. It's your week off of the year. Good. That's his thing. That's, yeah. we, that's downtime. Day after Christmas, we had to go in and unload 155 countertops on December 26th. I was 15 at the time. And like we, he's like, hey, he told me Christmas night. He's like, hey, we got to go in tomorrow. The, 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 the load that sh was supposed to show up yesterday showed up tonight. And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. So tomorrow, he's like, yeah, we got to get there at 6.30 tomorrow morning. All right, so I show, we go, we hop in the truck in the morning, day after Christmas. Yeah. We get there, and he's like, all right, let's start. I'm like, is there anybody else coming? <laughs> and he's like, 
no, dude, nobody else is coming. It's you and me today. And it's I'm like, ownership day. This is gonna be this is gonna be all day, Dad. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's why we own the company. Yeah. He's like, everybody else has time with their family. He's like, you and I are the ones doing it. I own the company. Shut the fuck up. Do the work. And I'm like, oh, and they, oh. And that's why my business partner Rexy and I are the same. We both farm kids. Yeah. So like, it didn't matter if it was Christmas. Cattle still had to be fed. Yes. And you had to haul bales. And mm -hmm. it's fucking sub-zero outside, and you just had to go. And so if I had extra sports, I had to go before that. Yep. So I feed cattle at 4 a.m., then go to wrestling practice at 6 a.m. to go to school at 8, and then go to wrestling practice after school, and then go back to the farm at 6 p.m. That's just how it was. And the old man, my stepdad, God love him, but he was, he goes, let's build character. Yeah. And he would actually, like, when he, he was, I love his ass, but he... Such a hard ass. He could have been be, a little nicer to could me. He could be like, could we make a fence? We had to build a fence. Remember this. He has an automatic auger in the back of the. He made me do it by hand. Yep. The fucking postal yep. goes. Build your ass up for football. Yep. He bought me a truck without power steering. <laughs> he built a farm. Are you the you know, artist to drive a truck without fucking power steering? I found out in that '74 Ford F100 um, that I also wrecked yep. immediately. But you know, I mean, those are things, and it's right. It did build character. We well, said lead by example. Yes. You know, and that's what it is. So, like, we—it's funny. We're a family-run business. We're we're a big company now. This more medium size, whatever you're gonna call it. But we close for Mother's Day and Father's Day. I get so much shit from my competition, but I go if I'm not. I'm going to ask my employees to stay away from their moms and dads if we're a family-run company on Mother's Day and Father's Day. But their work needs to be done. Her and I are the ones down at the gym, opening up the doors, fixing the shit, plunging the toilets. And, and it was on their podcast this, uh, for these dads who lift it. Chad actually produces it. And they're like, and he told a story. He saw me there at 3.30 in the morning, mopping the floor in the gym. And he happened to be working out at that time. He said, what are you doing here? I got to do it when my kids are asleep. And I got to do it before anyone else shows up. Mm -hmm. And they, well, why are you doing it? I'm like, well, nobody else is going to do it if I don't do it first. Yep. She did. I never want to be at work. My biggest fear is being at work. More yep. than anything. I just I don't know. I mean, it's me grew up with sports and, and bodybuilding for me was always my thing. And it's a real I, thing. It is. And, and I, it's it's tough for people that uh, it's scary. Cause I, I, I was just talking, I was just I think I said it on the podcast the other day. The thing that scares the shit out of me was uh, was me not um, me not becoming something great. And I would always procrastinate. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I wouldn't do it. I created an environment for myself that just made me feel okay without being, without doing it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I had to change who I was to be able to do all of it. Even though I had a, 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 like an upbringing, doing, uh, upbringing of all this hard work, I just continued had to push myself to work even harder at all, the, every yeah. single step of the way. And uh, like that's how I became who I am today was like, Every day I have to make sure that I don't lose sight of it. Because now we have all these different people that want to yeah. be part of this yeah. and are willing to work like Zach. Like Pat, Mike, Bob, and myself, we all work incredibly hard. Zach is Pat's son. Yeah. Zach will be starting early, and then there'll be times whenever I swing by the, the warehouse, he's still there. Oh, yeah. It's like 8.30 at night, and I'm like, you motherfucker. You're, you're doing this on purpose to me, aren't you? <laughs> You're doing this just to rub it in my face. I left uh, two days ago, like Jay and Shane, like right now we are driving content down their throats. Yeah. So much. And then, so I had to leave to go uh, to my daughter's art show for kindergarten. Yeah. So we go to the art show for six, and then I'm done by like six six 6.45, and my other daughter's doing gymnastics. Yeah. So I had to come back and pick her up. And I was like, oh, I'll just go break boxes down in the gym. We got so many boxes left to get broken down, we just put new lights up. So I was like, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to break all the boxes down. I pull in, fucking Jay's still here. 
It's 8.45, getting ready to pick my daughter up to leave. Fucking Jay's still in there. And I'm like, oh, this is a great feeling because everybody's hustling. But I'm like, they're working harder than me right oh, now. Oh, and that's in it. it it's funny. That's it's a, a phenomenal feeling yeah. because they're so invested into what we're doing because they see the growth and they see what everyone here is doing and building together. Yeah. It legitimately is incredible. Because I like to always say I'm the hardest worker here. Yeah. And I do run myself into the ground. I will work seven days a week. Yeah. But everybody else is doing a lot of the same. And it makes me, and that's why I think... Uh, I mean, that's why, like, those three things I said, yeah. like, three things not to fuck with, like, those are my people now. Yeah. They'll go to the edge for me, and I'll do the same for them. So it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. Well, I, I mean, you didn't touch on this, too. Like, I mean, I also think, like, my drive, as my kids get older, I know your kids are getting older now, too, oh, yeah. like, that changes your drive. Because oh, yeah. now you know, like at twelve years old, like they're watching you, they're, they're emulating your shit. Right? Oh yes, it's no longer like when they're when they're four, five, or six. You can like they're still a kid, you know. Like I remember all that shit when I was five or six. Yeah. I mean, some, but now I know my kids are fourteen and twenty year old and twelve year old, and they're literally watching. And I'm like, they catch me slacking. I don't want to see them slacking when they're twenty something and be like because they watch me do it, you know. And it, but it makes me work even harder because oh, I just yeah. don't want to be a kick ass dad and be involved. So sometimes I work late, and sometimes I work early. To just you know, it just is what it is. I mean, how do you think it's affected you? Oh yeah, there's a give and a take. Yeah. Like my daughter, uh, m m I I I think I'm gonna be the coolest thing to her ever. Yeah. But I m it might break for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but my 12 year old Adeline is, uh, she just knows that I work a lot. Yeah. And she's and she's seen me because whenever uh, uh, Emmy is five, she'll be six soon. But Adeline is the one that her and I went through everything together with her mom that fell apart. Yeah. When everything fell apart, I was a single dad. Like, the, her mom's not in the picture anymore. So it was just her and I for two years. Like, it was just her and I. Yeah. And I was always telling her, like, I'm going to work. Because we lived in an 800, 800 850 square foot home. Yeah. Like, we didn't have a lot. I spent a ton of money trying to help her mom, all these things. And I was like, we're going to get out of here. And I'm going to keep hustling. All I'm going to do is just work. Everything's going to work. Yeah. And then when I'd tell her is... All you have to do in life is work hard. And then whenever, like, everything started clicking, the businesses, yeah. the, 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 buy the new that. home, she saw it all happen. Yeah. And now she sits in a completely different position. She's like, she has her own room. She doesn't share a room with her sister. She has her own room. She has her own stuff. And any time that we ask her to do anything around the house, yep, she has no problem doing it. Yeah. She gives us a little shit about little stupid things, oh, yeah. but she knows how important like what we did is and every now and then I just have to kind of remind her about it and I'm like we have a very good other people don't have these opportunities yeah. and all you have to do is work and people I'm very hard on my kids I'm still loving dad yeah. but whenever any shit comes up about anything I'm like Adeline you just have to shut the fuck up and do it do the work yeah. you do the work you're going to succeed so in gymnastics crazy hard sport yeah. stupid hard so whenever she starts saying anything it's kind of like Adeline no, 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 no. Just do the work. Cut the shit, dude. Yeah. Do the work. Homework. My kid never has homework. She comes home, she never does homework. And I'm like, where's the homework at? I'm like, you don't have homework. And she's like, I do it at school. And I'm like, all of it. Like, you don't have projects? She's like, oh, I do it at school. I'm like, how do you do it at school? How do you do a project at school? She's like, they give us time. And I'm like, I was like, <laughs> I got yeah, too busy screwing around when I was a kid. Well, that's my question. Yeah. I was like, Adeline, I was like, you don't talk to your friends? Like, do you have friends in school? Like, she's like, yeah, they're stupid. They talk the whole time. She's like, I don't want to be bored. I'm like, you don't want to be bored? Like, 
okay, I mean, good job. <laughs> like you're smart. Yeah. And her thing is, is she just doesn't she doesn't like to be bored and she likes to do the work. And I'm like, oh my god, maybe everything I've said this whole time was a good idea. Yeah. It's working. This is phenomenal. I'm a good parent. When I, when yes, I, good job, so, Seth. No, no, that's the funny thing. I was, I was telling the other day with somebody else in this conversation, like, I'm going to be 39. And I started looking back. I'm like, okay, and look at what age I was when my parents were that age. I'm like, oh, fuck. They didn't know what they were doing either. No? Oh, maybe, God, maybe it's such a liberating feeling that you guys didn't know what you were doing. You were just making shit up. And it stuck. I'm like, swear to God, I'm not a complete failure. Because I, I figured I'd be 40. I'm going to be 40 this year. I was going to be a grown up. And I'm not. Nope. This is as mature as I'm going to get. I still think boners and farts are funny. Funnier than shit. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and we make jokes in church. And I'm like, God, we're those people. More little story is you and you. And I am me. Be sure to check out next week when we go into the second part of the Seth Barocci episode of the Now or Never podcast to air next Wednesday. Toast to the homies that could never see the light and the haters that forever see my ghost with a night. Oh, man.